Hello, and welcome to the initial episode of this podcast, Investing Should Be Easy. Thanks so much for joining. I'm Alex Richwagon, your host, and this show is all about identifying a long-term investment strategy in pursuit of long-term growth using dividend reinvestment products to be better off financially, making life easier. I'm here to walk you through this journey with an effective and affordable way to invest. I put this podcast and my book together to help others, to help people just like you. Before we jump into the show, I'll do a quick um, bio. So who am I and why should you trust me? I'm 35. My name is Alex Richwagon, and I live on the west coast of Florida, work for a Fortune 100 company. Um, I've started off a few companies, and so I know both sides from the entrepreneur side, how to, how to have a startup, how to finance that startup, how to work for a, you know, big, a big company, and as far as how a business works, how how investment strategy comes into play about growing a company bigger. Um, personally, I've got, as I said, I live in West Coast, Florida. I've got a wife with a child in the way and 35, so here for a while. And I might sprinkle on things about health or, or else, I'm very much about that perspective. So that's who I am. And today's show, we're going to go through uh, six segments on how this show's laid out. The first, we're going to talk about the why and why should you care. The second one is affordability and flexibility. The third is about risks. The fourth is about long-term data and how my strategy is supported by data, long-term data. The fourth, is, the fifth, I mean, is the how. And the sixth is next steps. What do we do next? So let's jump in. The why. Why did I put this podcast together? I know what it's like to be you. I know what it's like to be an everyday consumer and always worry about money. And let me let me tell a secret. It never ends, regardless of how much your investment portfolio is or how much you're making. It never goes away. The finances always kind of stay in the back of your mind. So I know what it's like, and I want to alleviate that um, issue by walking you through some stuff. So I know it's like to look at my financial situation. I started off at undergrad. And you know, making thirty, forty thousand dollars, and still thinking, how on earth am I ever going to afford a house? How am I ever going to afford to retire? Because it's just this huge number you think about about what you're going to need and how do you afford a house? Um, afford to do anything? The average median house is about two hundred thousand. To avoid um, uh, mortgage insurance, you, you need twenty percent down. That's a lot of money. Forty thousand dollars. And it's it's daunting when you kind of start thinking about it from that perspective. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like to look at those numbers and like, oh, how am I ever going to afford this stuff? That's where I come in. That's where I want to help. I know what it's like to be on the other side of the coin. I don't want to see you struggle. I've seen others struggle live pay, living paycheck to paycheck, not really having a plan, having a strategy to follow. And I didn't want to do that. So I decided to do something different. In my early 20s, with the guidance of both my father and as well as my own um, financial learning, I, I started off a, um, an account, a brokerage account. And a brokerage account is a, um, gives you ability to buy and sell stocks. And I bought uh, mutual funds, like baskets of stocks, which takes away a lot of risk. And I, I was still scared. I thought I was going to lose money. But you know what? It worked out for me. I stuck to the strategy. I understood the fundamentals, I understood what I was doing, and I kept learning and evolving. And when I made mistakes, hey, you know what? That's one thing I'll call out. We are going to make mistakes, but 
How do you learn from it? How do you get better? How do you get smarter? Getting smarter from those mistakes is very, very important. And when we make mistakes, I'll, you know, and we'll figure out how do we get better? How do we reduce the ability to make that mistake again? What do we miss? If we look at a, um, a company and I, th- I think it's a good um, situation and it goes south, let's understand why and let's get better so we don't repeat that mistake. So that's kind of the, the why and why you should care is I know what it's like to be in that final situation and be um, nervous about it. I want you to feel confident in your decision making. The second piece we want to talk about is affordability and flexibility. Affordability should be one of our paramount pieces that will constantly come up during this show. It's that important to make sure that the money stays in your pocket, not others, not institutions, not the financial guys, your pocket. This is such an important topic. Uh, if you've heard of this gentleman before, you know this is a really influential man on what I would say affordability investing. Jack uh, Bogle from Vanguard, he's uh, the founder of Vanguard Investments, which is a very large platform that houses mutual funds, ETFs, exchange-traded funds. They're the same kind of product. They're a basket of stocks that trade in order to reduce risk. I bring him up because he has been very, um, very much on the record talking about how fees and management fees, little disclosure things, eat up into your investments over time to the fact that it could be as much as 10% or a third of your portfolio eaten up by management fees. I know you think as a common everyday investor, oh, it's only 0.25 or it's only 1.2 or 3%. If you compound that over time, it really does make a difference. You'll see these portfolio management companies that they'll collect something of $300 million in fees a year from all their investors. That's a big number. So just think about when we talk about affordability, okay? Typically, brokerage accounts charge per trade um, somewhere between $5, $8 a trade, something like that, maybe commissions. And if you made, let's say, 100 trades a year, I know it's a big number, but let's just go with it for analogy here. That's like $800. That's a lot of money. I want to keep that money back in your pocket. So the affordability aspect should be um, very, very a piece of your awareness. And I want to talk about that further because the the platforms that I want to go through, they charge as little as zero, as much as maybe maybe like a dollar or two per um, trade. So it keeps more money in your pocket, which is more beneficial because that you keep more money in your pocket, you keep, it makes your portfolio grow more. It, it's pretty easy. And they offer a lot of flexibility, whereas I'm going to recommend investing monthly. However, if that's too much for you, or it um, maybe quarterly, or maybe couple, you know, a couple times a year, that's fine too. They don't penalize you for not investing um, every month, and if you want to stop the investments or something like that, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Very flexible. So that's what I wanted to kind of bring up is it's both an affordable option and very flexible. And the setup on how you create an account on the platforms is um, really easy. Those two platforms, I'll just mention them now at a high level, and we'll go more deep dive into um, episode two, but um, it's called Computer Share and Wells Fargo Shareholder Services. They act as transfer agents to companies. And I'll, I said, I don't want to go into this very much, so I want to talk about it more in episode two and um, what those terms mean. But those are the platforms we're going to be talking about and using in the show. One disclosure, I'm not affiliated with either one. I just think they're great investment products.
Basically, I mean, I don't get paid from these companies. No compensation. I just think they're great. On the up and up here. Third segment here is the risks. Sure, there's a risk. There's a risk to, to following this strategy. But guess what? There's also a risk to doing nothing. There's a risk to leaving your money in the bank account. What do they pay you? Like 0.001% rate of return? Yeah, you're not going to lose any money. But you're also not going to make any money. Here's a hidden secret about a lot of uh, successful entrepreneurs or investors. You don't make, you don't get rich off of your salary. You get rich when you're, it's not about rich, but it's like being better well off and have your money work for you. But let's get back to risk. So that the risk is if you leave your money sitting in a bank account, it's not earning anything. It's not doing anything for you. It's not working for you. You should make your money work for you. While you're out doing your day-to-day job, your money should be doing something for you too. Let's make it do that. So there is a risk to the strategy, but with how I'm going to develop the strategy and execute it by kind of walking you through it, I'm going to lower the risk because it's going to, I'm going to say regardless of what time of year you buy, how much, if you're consistent, if you buy high, you buy low, it really doesn't matter because over time, stock market's up. Just like, you know, you have a 401k plan. Guess what? You keep investing into it on a monthly basis and it's up. So think about that same linkage as far as um, the risks is we're going to reduce the risks by using a strategy called dollar cost averaging. And that basically means buying high, buying low without really regards to the market fluctuations. And do yourself a favor, stay away from media outlets where they're talking about, oh my God, the market's going crazy today. They're on TV for a reason. They need to draw ratings and they need to draw scares. Um, but over time, it really, it's, um, <laughs> in, a, in a funny analogy, it's kind of looking at the ocean when it's crashing real close to you. But if you look out um, long vision, it's very calm, just like that. So that's that's what I mean by the risks is there are risks, but we're going to reduce a lot of that risk because some investors are going to be a little bit more uh, risky than others. Others are going to want to look for very high potential returns where others are going to look for, I'm okay with conservative investments, things that are going to give me a lot of uh keep me up at night because I don't want to keep you up at night with this stuff. I want you to feel confident in your decision making. So there is risk, but we're going to reduce a lot of that by using the dollar cost averaging strategy. How does this link to long-term data? So this is segment four. Since 1911, the stock market is on average up 11%. I want to quickly qualify the 11%. 11% isn't perfect over time. It's not like every year it's 11%. No, that's not what I mean. I mean that this is capital appreciation plus dividends. Historic dividend rate is around 2 to 3% across the large cap, mid cap established companies. Add that into a growth rate of 8 to 9% and you quickly get to that 11% with both dividends and appreciation. So Keep in mind, 11% isn't constant every single year. Some decades may be 5% on average, some may be 20%. We've had a bull market over the last six years that has been unprecedented. So just keeping those things in mind as it does even out over time. This takes into account the, the dips, the crashes, the Great Depression, the dot-com bubble, the housing crisis. Takes all of that into the equation. Still comes out with the same historical return. 11% is a big number, and it's an important number. 
because it, it links directly to um, this, uh, we call the rule of 72. The rule of 72 states that if you take 72 divided by your rate of return, that's gonna give you how long it takes your investment to double. So now, oh yeah, your investment doubles. So you start off with 1,000 and doubles to 2,000. Again, it doubles again into 4,000. That's how we start to see capital appreciation and long-term growth. That's the things we wanna focus on. So 11% is a good number. Um, it's a big number and that's what we're looking for today is we're gonna have diversification within the portfolio, reducing your risks, but also that 11% is going to divided by 72 gives you about 6.5. So every 6.6 and a half years, your investments start to double. And if you're consistently um, investing, it's gonna grow faster. So those are the kind of things that I'm thinking about as far as um, how do we set up this strategy? How do we execute it? And how is my um, strategy supported by long-term data? Think about that 11%. Before we move forward, I wanna make sure that we talk about the opportunity cost to invest. If you do have debt, and I'll say the biggest two sources would be like something like car loan or credit card debt. Credit card debt can be as high as like 18, 20%. Making 11% but paying 18 doesn't make any sense. So you gotta think about that opportunity cost. Take that into account as you start to formulate um, your strategy and think about how you wanna move forward with this podcast as far as education, but also being mindful of the opportunity cost to invest. Paying down debt might be a better solution in the short term and then thinking about how to invest in the long term. So just think about that um, as we keep moving forward. The next piece is the fifth segment of the show is on the how. So how are we gonna do this? I touched upon it a little bit earlier. Is there these two platforms that we're gonna use and they are called dividend reinvestment plans. The platforms itself operate as entities to give you access to invest directly with companies and fuel the fuel the economy. So you think about the how and how you know, the strategy is gonna be built. You are a consumer, but you also pass by a lot of things that you don't, you're not aware of. I would say on a daily basis, you probably interact with something like 20 to 30 companies. It's a lot. And I'm not being, I'm not stretching this. Think about it like this. You wake up in the morning and you turn your lights on. Who powers your lights? You turn the water on. Who powers your water? What products are you using of the faucet? What products, who built the vanity? Who supplied the toothpaste? Who made the toothbrush? Electric toothbrush. Toilet paper. Paper towels. You get in your car. Who made the car? Like all of these different things, you start thinking about it from that perspective. They're all companies behind this and you pay for it all the time. That's what we're talking about. You're investing directly with companies that are already in your day-to-day -day cycle. So if you think about the day-to-day -day cycle, you're really not doing anything outside the ordinary and you, all the other consumers, you're the one fueling um, America's profitability. So why don't you just get involved and take advantage of it? These two platforms through dollar cost averaging and talked about computer share and Wells Fargo services, shareholder services, they offer the vehicles to make those investments on a ongoing basis. So you can be along with the ride just as um, you know America expands, the companies get bigger, better, faster, they make money, you're gonna make money too. That's what we wanna talk about as far as the how.
One more piece before we move forward. I want to talk about a difference between the companies that we'll be discussing on this podcast versus, I'll say for lack of a better term, high flyer, really big growth companies. Yeah, high flyer growth companies are great, when, especially when they're moving up 20%, 30% in a year, um, sometimes even 20% in a month. However, that growth isn't always sustainable. They're trading at higher multiples because it's based on future expectations for growth. How are they going to get consumer subscriber or future sales? Look at a Tesla. It's a high flyer. A lot of people love that car. How many people are buying it though? Everything that's priced in the stock is on higher expectations in the future. I'm not necessarily betting against it, but I'm not necessarily betting on it either. So just keep that in mind because we're talking about consistent companies that pay out cash flows, pay out dividends to their stockholders that want you around for a long period of time that you can expect consistent, stable growth, that you can have a consistent, stable return, which is what I'm all talking about, this long-term strategy of consistent growth with dividend reinvestments along with their capital gains. Just wanted to make sure we uh, cover that. The last segment is the next steps. So this is episode one, and I want to call it a foundational episode. And in the future episodes, uh, episode two is going to be another financial uh, foundational episode. And after we get past that, then we're going to start getting rolling. And we're going to start every episode um, going three going forward is we're going to break down at least one company and I'll go through the resources. So um, that's kind of how the show is going to be set up. So next week, I'm going to dive further into the inner workings of these uh, dividend reinvestment plans, how they work, finding the information that you're going to need, and how to set up an account, how to move forward. I'll also talk about the resources that I use to analyze stocks at a high level. And guess what? They're free. Yep, all this stuff's going to be free just for you. Before we start getting into the company and, and uh, for our first investment company in week three, I want to set the foundation and make sure that you're comfortable with thinking about this stuff. And if you don't get started right away, not a big deal. You can go back, re-listen to the episodes because we're going to keep moving forward. That's it for episode one. You can find out more information on my website. That's alexrichwagon.com. And I'll spell that out. is A-L-E-X-R-I-C-H-W-A-G-E-N.com. Remember, an E at the end, I don't know. And if you have any questions, go ahead and send them in my email box, um, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. And uh, go ahead and visit my website, alexrichwagon.com. In order to subscribe, you'll just need to go to any typical app, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or any other app that you get your podcasts. Just search for Investing Should Be Easy, hit the subscribe button, and you'll be all set. And um, it's going to be a journey that will go together. So thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Have a good day. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.